Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because I am a roaring lion crying out, Righteousness! Welcome, everybody, to the Trust in the Lord Hour, the best broadcast hour on the entire planet, even the entire universe, in case you want to go that far. I'll check out with you. I'll go all the way out to the Kuiper Belt. I, w- I will not go follow you into any black holes out there, but I will follow you to the other galaxies and see if there's another broadcast better than the, be- the Trust in the Lord Hour. In fact, Trust in the Lord. It's seriously now has come up as a memorial, as a memorial before Almighty God. It did the prayers of Cornelius today. What we want to use as a subject matter is if thou servant have found favor, of course, in thy sight. Those are the words of Nehemiah to King Artaxerxes in uh, Nehemiah chapter two, verse five. We're going to get to that today in terms of our reading. A very exciting time that we've had with the uh, Nehemiah event. But all of this, none of this would have happened. Nehemiah would have never asked about favor unless it had been spoken some 500, 450 years or so earlier by the great king Solomon, who stated that, uh, my son, forget not the law of God, the commandments of Moses, write them, keep them, bind them about thy neck. Uh, and if so, thou shalt find favor and good understanding with both men and with God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4. So, what, and Solomon uttered these words some 450 years before Nehemiah comes along and, uttered, and, uh, and uttered these words that he uttered before King Artaxerxes um, in Babylon. And it was a mighty move. One of the, 
I'm, I'm really fascinated by what happened with Ezra and Nehemiah. And they're becoming two of my favorites of the Bible, especially when you talk about favor itself. Uh, and and I'm, I've been searching, and I would pray others would pray as well, because the Jews were in captivity in Babylon because they violated God's word. They didn't keep the law. It's clear. Both Daniel confesses it. Uh, Ezra confesses it boldly that they refused to keep the law. Now, they were religious, just like the Southern Baptists, just like the Catholic. You can't get more religious than Catholic people, but they don't keep the law. They don't go anywhere near it. They don't even know what the word of God says. Catholics, they're just religious, that's all. Same thing with Southern Baptists. Southern Baptists have certain traditions that they have, you know, but they're not right righteous. They and but and so it was with the people of both Judah and the Northern Kingdom. And so Ezra confesses that they have they had not kept the law. And Nehemiah confesses they had not kept the law while they were in captivity. Daniel confesses it. I mean, Daniel goes through a whole thing about it. And so does Ezra and Nehemiah, which is I'm going to read uh, here in, in just a few moments today. Um, but at, where we pick up the, the event today is that Nehemiah and other Jews remain in captivity. Now, the captivity, according to the great prophet Jeremiah, that the Jews will be in captivity, the Jews of Judah and Jerusalem will be in captivity for 70 years. And uh, Ezra, at the end of that 70 years, Cyrus gives Ezra letters, passports, gold, silver, I mean, he gives him the treasures of Solomon to take back to the temple in Jerusalem. That's 13 years earlier. Nehemiah, to set the stage now, Nehemiah did not go back with the original returning Jews. He remains. And we're still checking out if Daniel was yet alive. Daniel went back with the original returning Jews uh, because there were two other prophets in, in, uh, during the that God raised up two other prophets during the course of Ezra's rebuilding of the temple. We'll get to those prophets uh, in just a moment, or a little bit later on in the teaching, I should say, to be clear. But Nehemiah did not go back. So 13 years later is where we're going to pick up the story. And if, Mr. Engine, if you could bring me to Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah chapter 1, we're going to pick up the story. Now remember, as we start the reading here, that Ezra is in back, the, the 70 years have passed. At this point, the, Nehemiah represents 83 years or 13 years past the prophecy of, Dan, of Jeremiah's 70-year captivity at would end. And it did end because Artaxerxes, I mean, I mean uh, Nehemiah, Cyrus gave the, Ezra the, the permission to go back with a whole lot of goodies going back to the temple. So we pick up the reading now. Nehemiah is still in Jerusalem, in Babylon, 13 years after Ezra has been back to build the temple. And here's where we get, I start our reading in chapter 1, verse 1. And the words of, ne these are the words of Nehemiah, the son of uh, Hakaliah, rather. And it came to pass in the month of Shishlu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, so there were others also still remaining in captivity, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them, because they had been there concerning the Jews that had, had escaped or had returned, I should say. Well, escaped, I'll leave that as such. Which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. 
And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. This is very important that we understand this, this, this architectural point of view and the spiritual point of view and, and, and God's total working. You, you know how God works. You just don't know how God works is the best way to say it. The, 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 the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire because the gates are made of wood and the wall was made of stone. So the gates were, the wall were broken down, the gates, they burned the gates down. And that had been over 80-some years earlier that those walls and, and, and gates had not been repaired. And it came to pass, Nehemiah writes, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord. Now, this is the beginning of a confession, a very important confession. I beseech thee, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and terrible God that knoweth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. And commandment number one is remember the Sabbath, thank you. That is commandment number one. In fact, the Sabbath, while it is a commandment you're supposed to do, it's a part of the laws. Exodus chapter 20, uh, Moses reiterates it, but the Sabbath is a part of creation. It's the last act. The Sabbath is the day God rested. You can't change that to Sunday. You, you can't do that. Now, the first day that God created light, that's the day that the devil worships on. The devil worships on the light day, the first day. The de- on the, in the beginning, the, the first day God created light and said, let there be light. And, so, and that's the devil. That, that's the day that the devil's got everybody, most people worshiping on, except for Muslims and Jews. Uh, all these other people. And it wasn't always that way, however. I suspect that at some point in time that the Jews, even Jerusalem and in Samaria, stopped worshiping on the Sabbath day. But that's it. That he says, and and he said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Nehemiah is praying. Let thine ear now be attentive. He's heard bad news. Nehemiah's heard bad news about even though Jews have been back in Jerusalem for the past 13 years, the wall is still broken down. The gates have not been repaired. It's just the city is in a a wreck. It looks like Harlem. Bombed out, burned out back in the 1970s and 80s. And so Nehemiah prays to God. He didn't go back with the original Jews. He served Artaxerxes. He said, Lord, let now, let thine ear be attentive and let thine eyes, God told me the other day to pay attention. (laughs) Nehemiah is asking God to pay attention. That thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned. Imagine, imagine, and I don't want to, imagine somebody like like Dr. King, rather. He's not here anymore. But imagine had he had the wisdom during his, his, his brief span on earth um, when during the work that he was doing, if he had knelt down on his knees and said, 
Almighty God, we as the children of Ham, we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I want to confess our sins before thee. Imagine if he had done something like that. Uh, imagine if Malcolm X had done something like that. Hell, imagine if somebody like Barack Hussein, the long-legged Magdaddy Obama, had confessed before God. And by the way, don't think that these people that I've made mention of, uh, or their hands are clean and they're, they're, they've not said. Anyway, imagine that. So Nehemiah confesses that we've sinned. We've broken your commandments. We've sinned against you, both me and my father's house have sinned. Nehemiah confesses it. Imagine if Dr. King had said something like that. And we have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the Sabbath. We've not kept the commandments. We've not kept the tithe. We've not kept the first fruit. We've not kept the Sabbath. We've not kept the laws, nor the statutes, or the judgment, all the things regarding the laws that Moses would give. We stopped doing it, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. You gave it to Moses, Moses gave it, and we just stopped doing it to explain. Nehemiah continues to pray. He says, remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if you transgress, God told him in Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you transgress, I will scatter you among the nations. God says, I'll whip you like to your head, rope like okra, okra rather, okra, 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 the, garden, the vegetable, okra. Verse 9. But if you return unto me, imagine if Dr. King had prayed something like this, or Malcolm X had prayed something like this. Imagine if those men had prayed a prayer similar to this. But Nehemiah prays, and now he's praying the scripture. He says, the word of God, and but if you return unto me and keep my commandments, which is I'm constantly telling people, get started with the very basics of the commandments, the Sabbath, the first fruit offering, and the time. Those are the very basic ones that the Catholics, the Baptists, the Methodists, the Pentecostals, the Presbyterians, the Church of God in Christ, the Anglicans, they ought to start with the very basic ones of keeping the commandments of God and do them. Though they were of ye though there were of ye cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven. Yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name. Now, you know, I can say this as well, and you don't have to believe this. You don't get bent out of shape and run, go running around and all that other kind of stuff about me. But God has placed his name now uh, in, the, in this new dispensation and for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has placed his name in Harlem and the name he has given is Atla. You know, I said at one of the meetings that we were at out at Gettysburg that I wouldn't use the word Harlem anymore, but I found that perhaps that was maybe a bit of an overstatement because I need to use Harlem and Atla interchangeably. Uh, at some point, Everybody will be saying outlaw and everybody would. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. What outlaw is, but until that time, I've had to revert back to saying uh, Harlem so that people in, in, in Australia or people in South America would know what I'm talking about. Okay. But God has chosen to put his name here. Now, you don't have to believe that. You don't have to believe that God's chosen to put his name at Otla, which is Harlem. You don't have to do it. And we can still be friends. Well, we can. You you still listen to me. I don't know if I'm your friend or not. But I'm just telling you what God told me. And you can do what you you want is what I'm saying. No skin off my nose. Verse 10. Now, these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, he prayed, I praise, I beseech thee, I beseech thee rather. Let now, thine, let now thine ear be attentive, pay attention to me, Lord, to the prayer of thy servant. Nehemiah calls himself a servant. Well, I know some other people call it, another preacher calls himself a servant too. And the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant, this day, Nehemiah says, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now, this is very important. Nehemiah is praying that God would grant him mercy in the sight of the king. The king doesn't know anything about this. The king is not a Jew, doesn't know anything about the commandments, but he knows that those Jewish people were given unto them as slaves for 70 years, because they refused to keep the Sabbath day. They refused to keep the commandments. They refused to keep the statutes. They refused to keep the judgments of God. So God turned them over to Babylon for 70 years. Now, Artaxerxes knows that history, but he doesn't know the God that did it. But he knows that it did happen. And Nehemiah concludes his prayer by saying this, for I was the king's cupbearer. In other words, he served the king. He, he, he was a king's butler. That's what he does. His job, even though he was a slave, he was a butler to the king. So I want to be able to say that. And um, I want to also be able to say how Nehemiah confessed to Jesus the sins of, um, well, I, I, I raised the question a few moments ago. What if, if so-called black leaders, now they're Hamites, but what if black leaders decided to confess to Jesus all their sins. They would probably have to go back to Africa and confess voodoo. Uh, they probably have to confess uh, sins against humanity of killing one another. And I'm not so sure that, uh, and they maybe even, you know, would it, is it necessary that they confess to Jesus? I would say yes. 
that all black people are Hamites will confess to Jesus that their father Ham sinned against the Noah, the preacher of righteousness. I would, I would suggest it, and in fact, I am suggesting it, that we confess that Ham sinned. And the curse fell upon us because Ham sinned. Noah, the preacher of righteousness, cursed all of us because Ham sinned. Well, we want to confess that. And as a result of that, we have been scattered down in the Caribbean, over in the UK and England and Europe and here in America. We've been scattered as far away as China, some of us, as were the Jews. So we confess our sins. I, you know, this is really you know, some of my most favorite times of teaching. I've, been, I've enjoyed 40 years of being a teacher and a pastor. You say, Pastor Mandy, you don't like me teaching for 40 years. I got started when I was 10. <laughs> anyway. So, you know, if, if, if it, imagine, and, and I will lead. I mean, this is what I, this is what I believe. It's my, it sustains me. I believe it. I know that. There's this whole movement out here that, you know, about black people and about white people, about slavery in America. It's all of what you hear from the so-called black leaders is a flat-out lie from the tongue of the devil himself. What we need to do is confess our sins and break the curse and confess that we have, that our father Ham, like, like Nehemiah's confessing that his father's, didn't keep the statutes of the judgment. People will listen to that and say, Pastor, this man is, he is off his rocker. No, I am not. Would you say Nehemiah was off his rocker for confessing that 500 years later, actually as much as 600 years earlier, that, well, at least 500 years earlier, that his fathers, that Ahab, Jezebel, and all that crowd of prophets up there in Samaria, and all the Jehoiakim, Zedekiah, all those kings, they didn't keep the statutes. They, they didn't keep the law. He's going back 500 years. If I, listen, if we were just to confess the sins of the past 400 years, we wouldn't be outstretching what Nehemiah, and this prayer I just read, Nehemiah is praying, this prayer covers over 500 years of the Jews not keeping the statutes and probably not even keeping the Sabbath. 500 years of it. And Nehemiah now confesses it. And he asks, he begs the Lord. He said, will you now give me, give me favor in the sight of my king? Because he works as a cupbearer. Now, primarily what I want to do today is in this lesson, I just, oh, that was the background. That was just the intro. <laughs> what I want to do now is to point out what it is to be a good servant. Um, if, if you have been given an opportunity to serve someone, you know, if you begin, you, are, you need to be a good servant because in chapter 2, we're going to discover that Nehemiah has been a servant for more than 13 years of one man, Artaxerxes. He was his butler. Miss Engineer, let's go to chapter 2 of, uh, of, of Nehemiah, and we're going to see. Now, after he is, Nehemiah prayed the prayer, he fasted, he wept, he, you know, he, he went through the whole process of confessing. Not just for himself, but for all his forefathers going back four or five hundred years. So the next day, as it were, after his prayer and fasting, he has to come into the presence of King Artaxerxes as his butler. 
well, I don't know if the next day, but here it says, and it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now, I had not been before time sad in his presence. And wherefore the king said unto me, Artaxerxes said to Nehemiah, what, what's wrong with you, man? Why is thy countenance sad? Seeing, you're, are you sick? This is nothing else. This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was so afraid. I was afraid because the king saw I was, I, was, I was sad. And I didn't know. I was afraid to tell him what was going on. Now, Artaxerxes, this man is a powerful man. He is a powerful man. And Nehemiah had the great privilege of being his servant and a very trusted one because he served him his wine. I mean, when you serve the king's wine, that means the wine, the, the, the king trusts you to make sure nobody puts any Mickey Ficky in his wine. Not that you don't, not only that you're not going to put any Mickey Ficky in his wine, but you're going to make sure all them other people way down the line, you know, don't put any Mickey Ficky in the king's wine. So you got a big job. You got to, it isn't just you put the cup in his hand. You are responsible for the security that the king don't drink no Mickey Ficky wine. This is a big responsibility. I mean, Nehemiah was somebody. He probably had a few people killed who tried to poison or tried to make you ficky the king. I'm sure that probably took place because you have to do that. Because there are people who want to get to the king. Anyway, and the king said, and said, uh, said unto the king, uh, let the king live forever. Let, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? When the city, Nehemiah saying to Artaxerxes, the place of my father's sepulchres, live waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Nehemiah says to the king, he said, that's why I'm saying. The city of my father's sepulchre, live waste, the gates are burned with fire, and I'm brokenhearted about that, even though I, I, I got a good job, I, I, I really got it going on, I'm a man of great authority, Anyway, I'm going to take a break. I need to take a break right here. I'm coming back to talk to you about what happened, what the king did, and what, what Nehemiah did, what Nehemiah said. Uh, but more importantly, I just want to, if you're working for someone right now, if you have the opportunity to serve somebody, and I'm going to be more definitive about your service, make sure that you are a good servant. Make sure that if you have an opportunity to serve a man right now, like Nehemiah had the opportunity to serve Artaxerxes, protect the man that you're serving. Serve him. Don't judge him. Don't get all bent out of shape by his rebukes. Serve him. I'm coming back to that. And I'm not through with that. This is a fascinating, this Nehemiah and Ezra really are becoming my favorite people. I've taught this book previously. Uh, but I'll tell you, I, I, at this stage of where I am in my walk with the Lord and where we are in terms of the development of, uh, of Atla, this is becoming my favorite, I'll tell you. And this particular anointing called favor, I mean, you know, okay, the, uh, you know, the power to teach, the, the power to heal, the power to speak in tongues and 
All those anointings of the Holy Ghost, that's good. The power to prophesy, the power to create miracles. But this, this thing called favor, that's what this whole segment between Esther, this girl had favor with King Ahasuerus. Ezra, who had favor with King Cyrus. And Nehemiah, favor with King This thing called favor. And, and it all started because 400 years earlier, 450 years earlier, Solomon said, you shall have good favor. You shall find favor and good understanding with God and man if you keep the law. This thing called favor is a whole new. Uh, that's what's probably what's so brand new about this. It isn't just prophecy and miracles and healing, that kind of a thing. But the very fact that this favor is being dropped. And this is, listen, the favor that was dropped on Ezra, I don't think anybody on the planet has had that kind of favor coming and going. Nobody living or dead has ever had the kind of favor dropped on Ezra. And most of y'all don't even know anything about Ezra. But the thing, what, what, what was dropped on Ezra and now being dropped on Nehemiah. I'm coming back to that. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to let y'all, you know, I got something I want to show you about our ministry. I'll be right back. And then I'm going to talk to you about a 20% increase on the other side of the river when I get back. Hold tight. Don't go anywhere. I'm coming right back. The Mellon Bank to Judge Bluth and to Judge Francis A. Kahn III, we shall not be moved. We shall not be moved. favorite meals that you have had here? Um, burgers and fries. The food's delicious. The rice and the chicken and cornbread. As it should. Wonderful. You see it made in the kitchen. They have sandwiches, soups, waffles. Everything. Mm -hmm, everything. It's always gourmet breakfast made fresh every day. Um, you know, I personally love Sister Leah's eggs. Yep. It is amazing. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. I can't even begin to fathom the airy taste. Literally, guys, a couple days ago, I was by the kitchen, and I was just... The eggs was just mwah, yep, really, really good. good. It was really good. I really good. agree with that statement. Really good. What do you think about Pastor Manny? How do you like it? I feel like Pastor is a very great man. He's honest. He's giving, and he likes to help uh, the younger ones become 
uh, future leaders. Yes. I feel like that's a great trait because I mean, now people nowadays, they don't really care about others. They care about themselves. They have the trait to care for somebody else, to listen to their problems and help them grow as another person. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and it's rare to find and i feel like that's a great trade about him Great Tomorrow School would not have existed if it wasn't for Pastor Manning. Our school is not like any other school in the world. Pastor Manning makes sure that this is the best school in America, and it is. Now, meritocracy means that I'll be skipped. But to me, it is something that will help me to make a better future in my college days. I will figure out what I want to do in my life soon, but for now, I'm not sure yet. I'm pretty much leaning towards engineering, but not completely sure yet. I'm confident that Jesus will tell me yes sometime. Finally, I want to thank Pastor and Mother for making this school and preaching righteousness to me. Pastor, you are a great man, and today I hope to honor you. Also to Lord Jesus, because without God, I never would have achieved anything great in this way. It's because of this school that I'm even experiencing meritocracy. Thank you all, and peace. All right, now we're going to get back to Nehemiah in chapter 2, verse 5, where he asks King Artaxerxes if I have found favor. And he is calling upon a 450-year statement made by King Solomon about if you keep the law, keep the Sabbath, keep the law, keep the commandments, the statutes and judgments of God, that you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. He's going to ask Nehemiah, Nehemiah is going to ask Artaxerxes, but before I get there, I want to say this about our students is that um, though we have been going through foreclosure, uh, it's been very, very expensive. Uh, we spent over $700,000 in legal fees and promotional fees New York Times articles and other uh, to get this word out, and it, it, every penny was worth it. Otherwise, we'd be gone by now. We have done what, you know, we're not wealthy. You know that. I think you can see that. Uh, but poor people don't get justice. But because of your contributions and your giving, your very generous giving, and we, we had a pastor down in Texas gave us a, a parcel of land in Tennessee didn't send a check for a thousand dollars. We have we have people give us who's given us very large sums of money. Sister Charlene McMillan gave us over a million dollars worth of art, antiques, 
Um, by the way, I'm going to be visiting Sister McMillan this coming summer down in uh, Fairmount, North Carolina. And others have given $5, $10. Brother Joseph Manning gives every day, seven days a week. He's ringing the cash app bill. And and on the rest of y'all as well. Uh, But though we've had to make great sacrifice, I don't want our children to miss their educational experiences because the devil is attacking us. And so we've done everything in terms of our sacrificing here, you know, cutting corners where we can to make sure our children get a chance to travel on the global classroom. Now, this coming Sunday, they're going to be going on a ski trip. Uh, the, uh, after the, we got a business meeting coming up right after that. Then there's going to be the ski trip uh, to Mount Southington. All, all our young people, even the little babies are going. But I don't know if you know it or not, little babies can ski. I mean, young people can ski is better than some of the older people. If you've never seen young people ski, I mean, four and five-year-olds of our church ski. And so we're going to be doing that on this coming Sunday. And then the school, the traveling classroom, focusing on the Pentateuch Vestals and other Vestals who've never traveled to Rome, will be traveling to Rome uh, in June of this year as well. And even though that's a, a, an expense that we, the church takes care of, we're making a sacrifice to do it because we don't want our children to miss uh, the full education that we, that we give. And we will also, in our traveling classroom, we're traveling to Egypt either early December of this year or late January. Uh, we're doing this because it has been a part of our educational curricul- curriculum now for 25 years, and we don't want to stop because of the foreclosure. So we're making a sacrifice, and we're asking you to please pray with us about this, uh, about this matter as well. Now, uh, so let's go back now to Artaxerxes. Let's go back to Nehemiah. Where Nehemiah, bring me, bring me back to chapter 2, Mr. Engineer, of Nehemiah, uh, where uh, he comes before the king, and the king asks him, well, what's wrong with you, man? Uh, if, if you, if you, um, and the king said unto me, for what is thou request that thou want to make of me? So I said, I pray to the God of heaven. Now, Nehemiah, has, he's come before King Artaxerxes. He's been his, he's been his chief butler Nehemiah has probably had to kill people who tried to kill the king. You know, if the king drinks his wine, he will not accept wine from the hand of somebody who may try to make you think he is wine. You know how that is. And as I said before, this whole Esther, Ezra, Esther, Ezra, Nehemiah is about favor. And it was Solomon that first introduced us because Moses didn't really introduce us to favor. It was Solomon in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4, who told us if we keep the law, keep the Sabbath, we shall find favor and good understanding. So favor is an attribute even before the coming of the Holy Ghost. So Nehemiah in verse 5 says, and I said unto the king, if it please the king, and if thy servant, here's our title verse, our title too, if thy servant have found favor, good God Almighty, if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulcher, that I may build it. That, that's powerful. You don't get no better than that. And just for a little postscript here, and just to let you know how dramatic this moment was, Nehemiah is all sad looking. The king is, he's all dressed up in his royal regalia. And the king said unto me, and, and parenthetically, the queen also sitting by him. For how long are you going to be gone if I let you go? 
<laughs> Listen, man, if you have an opportunity to get to be a servant, if you have an opportunity to serve a man, even if you think the, the boss that you're serving is fraud, that is if you don't agree with him, you know, you, you're maybe not agreeing with him if he's paying your paycheck. I mean, I'm not saying if you're working for the mafia or for some hitman or dealing dope, you know, working to work for Al Chapone or whoever that guy is down there, down there, that big drug dealer down there in Columbia. I'm not saying working for people like that. But even if you did, loyalty is required. And if you if you don't wanna if you don't wanna serve Al Chapo, you don't wanna be loyal to him, then leave. Don't serve. Um and, but if you're going to serve somebody, if you're going to work for somebody, serve them. Don't judge them. Serve them. Because you, you don't, you don't, it isn't your organization. You're not the king. You don't know what it takes the king to be the king. You've never been one. So serve him. And so that's what Nehemiah did. And he said, I've been serving you all these years, and now if I have found favor. The king said, listen, I'm going to send you, but are you coming back? I don't want you to go and not come back. I, won't, I, you, I ain't going to drink no wine until you come back again. <laughs> well, I don't know if he said that. But here he says, for how long shall thy journey be? That's what Artaxerxes said. And when will thou return? He two questions. So it pleased the king to send me. And I set him a time. I told him I'd be back in three months, nine months. I set a time, and I told him I'd be back. Now, I want to hold on for that for just a second because I want to encourage you. One of the things that we're going to have to learn to do is that we're going to have to learn to be humble servants. You know, I talk about how I was never called the N-word or really never abused. When I grew up on the plantations of North Carolina in the 50s and 60s down in, in, in Robeson County, North Carolina, neither my father nor my father's brothers, Uncle Luke and all the rest of them, we were never ill-treated, uh, mainly because we, you can say, well, yeah, because y'all didn't get out of line. No, we didn't. We weren't. We were sharecroppers, and we understood that we weren't. That was one one half a step away from slavery, being a sharecropper. And we didn't get out of line. Now you can say, "Well, you should have got out of line." Why are you going down that plantation down there with them white people? Well, I'd probably be dead by now, or stupid, and wouldn't be able to help you. My father didn't get out of line. But and they would I, the, the white people never get out of line with us either. I'm telling you, I never had nobody ever called me an ugly. I tell you what, I did do it. You were this is gonna really kill you. You'll laugh at this. So one day we were living out in a place called Philadelphia's, uh, between Philadelphia's and Pantherford, I think so. Yeah. So the road from Philadelphia's to Pantherford was one straight road running about three miles. And so we lived in a house way, 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 way back. We had to walk uh, to catch the bus going to school. So one day my sister and I, two of us, three of us out there waiting on the bus. I was about nine years old. I was always nine years old. If you were all, all the time I was in South, I was nine years old. So this, while we're waiting on the bus to come, this, this over, the man called Overseer, I forget his name now, McCormick or something like that, he drove by in his pickup truck, Right? So I was standing, my sister and I were standing by, it was wintertime too, by the way. So I picked up a rock. When his truck went by, I picked up a rock and threw it with my left hand. And the rock hit, in the back of the truck, it had a, a glass that you could look at over the, over the truck, truck bed. 
and it hit that glass, bang. And uh, so the man stopped the truck immediately, and then he backed up, and he came, parked the truck, and got out and looked at us and said, you're still rocking my truck, right? I say, no, I dropped my head. <laughs> I said, my sister, they say nothing either. They knew I did it, right? I didn't say anything. He said, you just threw a rock at my, and hit my truck. He just put his finger in my face. I didn't say nothing. I just, I said, I didn't say nothing. And uh, by the way, I didn't do it because I hated him. I didn't do it because he was white. I didn't do it because was black. I just did it because I was a boy. I just wanted to throw at something. I just, I was bored. I, it wasn't because I hated him. I had something against him. I didn't like him. He had done something earlier. It wasn't none of that. I just threw the rock because I was a boy. And I wanted to throw a rock. And I threw it at him. And I hit it. I hit his truck. So I didn't say anything. He said, I'm going to tell your father. I'm going to tell him. So that night my father came home. Boy, I heard you hit Mr. Winnicott's truck with a rock. I didn't say nothing to him either. He didn't say nothing to him. He grabbed a shoe and began to beat the lid. That man beat me for like two hours. Oh, gone. Was it that bad? <laughs> I'm confessing it now. I know the man, if he is alive now, but I'm confessing what I did. But, you know, there was never any. So here's the thing. If you're going to be a servant, if you're, if you're called to work on a man's job, give him a good day's work. Give that business you work for. If you think the business is unethical, then leave. If you think the boss don't know what he's doing, if you think he's ungodly, unrighteous, or a sinner, leave. Don't stay there with your mouth stuck out. Leave. You big boy, you got you, you, you're, you're bad enough to judge somebody. Leave. Do your own thing. But if you're going to be there, serve. Serve. Like Nehemiah. Protect him. Well, nobody put no Mickey Ficky in the king's wine, otherwise I'm going to get it. Um, and, and, and you may have to cut off people. That want to put Mickey Ficky in the King Wine. But this is a great story about, about a great lesson about servanthood. And I tell you, finding favor. This is something, the word favor and this anointing of favor is something that's rarely seen uh, in, in, the, in the Bible. But in, can I want to turn the corner for just a second because my time, I see my time is just about up for today. I want to get back to, well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Engineer, bring up chapter, verse 5 one more time. When Nehemiah says, if I have found favor. And I have to tell you that in, in Robeson, North Carolina, you know, I, I found favor because I didn't raise hell with white folk. You said, well, you should have. They were wrong, slavery and all that. Well, I'll let history and Jesus be the judge of that. But I didn't raise hell. My father didn't raise hell. My, my uncles didn't raise hell. And they didn't raise hell against us. You know, they, I, I, this is absolutely true. I never saw any black man go to jail in 18 years. I was down there because of racial issues or something like that. I think, I think some of my friends went to jail because they raped this girl. But the judge, I did, my friends, one of my friends named Willow Campbell, right? He and, a, and another fucker. Maybe, maybe John McNeil might have been in this too. I don't know if John was in this one. And they were like 14, 15 years old, right? Allegedly, they raped this, this beautiful girl. They raped her. She told her mama. Her mama told the police. Police went and got them. And I'm not saying that the police should have let them go, but police kept them in jail for a couple of hours and sent them home. I think they may have had a little court hearing. Anyway, if you're going to serve somebody, listen to me. I'm going to give you some good advice. Don't come with attitude. Don't hide from work. Be present. 
give a man a full day's work. If he's paying you a salary, you agree to work for that salary, then earn every penny of it. Earn every penny of the of what that man is paying you. Make sure you get and don't get an attitude when he instructs you. Remember, this is business, right? So it's very important. And that what leads me into how you can begin to increase. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus because one day you can be running the business yourself it will be left unto you if you learn how to be a servant but black folk all they do when they get on a job is hide try to do as few little little work as they possibly can lie and skin flint and don't give the man a, and you have to go chase he got to go find you got to get in there when you do the job you don't do it right he got and you get an attitude when he says it ain't right you you you, you don't understand how to humble yourself and you 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 think that because he can call Jesse Jackson or the NAACP you want to raise hell with the boss and so black people ain't got nothing they don't own no business, and none will be. In, they're not going to inherit any either. They're going to get it to the Latinos. Some of them are just as bad, though. Anyway, so incre- here I, I said to y'all yesterday, especially to the men, I want y'all to buy cowboy boots because I talking about increase. If you want to change your lifestyle, want to change your walk, right? Want to increase? I told you about patience, making hard decisions, teaching people, but. I, I'm, I'm, I'm admonishing you, brothers, to go out and buy yourself a pair of cowboy boots. I've been wearing cowboy boots now for 35 years, right? I ain't no cowboy, <laughs> but I'm wearing cowboy boots. Uh, go and buy yourself a pair of cowboy boots, right? Now, there are two brands of cowboy boots I would recommend. One is Justin Cowboy Boots, and the other is Lucchese, all right? Now, I think I don't have a pair. I think I'm going to buy this pair of cowboy boots right here. I've, I got cowboy boots. I got, you know, uh, you know I've had them for years. But I think I'm going to buy this one right here. This is, what, green, uh, aqua color? That look good with a blue suit. Might look good with a gray suit, right? I think I'm going to buy I think I'm going to buy this pair of cowboy boots. I'm going to say, I think this is Lucchese or Justin, I'm not sure. But I think I'm going to buy this pair of cowboy boots. And I got more shoes than I can shake a stick at. I got, I, you know, but because I'm telling you to buy cowboy boots, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a pair. Now, this is a pair of... Um, I think these are Lucchese's. This and this is a, 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 a ostrich skin. These are these are the most beautiful. However, careful the ostrich skin. The, the, the ostrich skin is as soft as bedroom shoes. This is a beautiful pair of boots. I tell you. Now you may they may run you about three four hundred dollars you know, unless you can get them on sale. You know, if this is just a Lucchese, you're gonna spend four hundred dollars. I can tell you that right now. But it's well worth it. It's well worth it. And I'm I, you know I don't if I get if, if I get. Uh, some extra money, I might buy this pair too. Now this is this is a uh, alligator, right? This, these are definitely Lucchese's. These are gators, right? You can see the the, the skin, 
that they take the skin and they put the skin over a, a shell and that, that, that gator skin will last a thousand years. That gator, you can't tear up your skin. It's just, it's just, and they're good boots, right? So, uh, and then there's a, just a regular pair of cowboy boots. You can buy lizards as well. I think this is a lizard boot, I'm not sure, or just plain leather. You can buy lizards or leather, crocodile or gator or, or ostrich, right? Don't buy snake boots. Oh, no, dumb cheap thing. Nobody don't want to put snake on your feet anyway. But some people sell them. I, I'd recommend. But I'm saying, brother, go buy yourself a pair. If you want to, I'll tell you, wearing a pair of cowboy boots is going to change your life. You're going to increase by 20%. You are. You go, go. Now, it's going to cost you a little bit of money. You're going to spend between two, four, and five dollars to buy yourself a, a pair of boots. Uh, but it's going to change your life, man. I'm telling you. They are the best wearing shoes on the planet. Everybody else is running around wearing sneakers. What a bunch of what a what a bunch of wussies, man! Sitting up with with a suit and a towel and a pair of sneakers. What a bunch of wussies! I ain't never seen nothing like that before in my life. And everywhere you look now, on television, in the churches, people walking around with sneakers on. Man, I'm telling you, brother, listen to me. I'm telling you, you Pastor Matt, are you commanding us to go buy a pair? Not yet. I might buy that pair right there. I think that look good. I, but I think I got a blue suit, a couple of blue suits, right? I think that'll look good, my blue, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And about make sure you make sure you buy one with the pointed toe. Don't be buying one with a round toe, you know. Make sure it's pointed toe and at least the toe comes up at least a half an inch. When you look at the boot, like this boot, for instance, see the toe comes up at least a half an inch off the floor. Don't be buying no flat ones. Those are cheap anyway. Now, I buy a show north cowboy boot where the toe comes up. So when you, you know. Anyway, so I might buy that pair. I like that pair. I like that color because I got a, you know, I got other colors now. All right, so listen, I got to go. My time is up for today. Uh, but this lesson on favor is perhaps, it is just a blessing. And maybe the Lord saved this blessing for this time in my life. I don't know. Uh, Solomon said it, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, my son, keep the law, chapter 4 of Proverbs chapter 3, if you do, you shall find favor and good understanding. And that's what Ezra and Nehemiah, I'm telling you, the favor that that, that Cyrus put on, on, the, on Ezra, you ain't seen nothing like this in all your life. There's never been a man. Solomon, there's never been a man as wise or as rich as Solomon, but there has never been a man who has had the kind of favor that Ezra. And then, of course, Esther as well had favor with King Ahasuerus. These three books, my friend, I'll tell you, how can anybody say you don't want to read the Old Testament? You know, just in terms of its truth, how can you throw away, how can a preacher stand up and say the Old Testament is irrelevant? How can you throw that truth away? The devil will do it because the devil realizes that it's against him. He wants you to subscribe to his lies, and that's why he does it. But I'm not through with this. I'll be back with part two of uh, Miss Indian. Where to bring up the, the chapter two verses five? Just a quick second before I, I, I log off here today. Um, but I want to encourage you: if you're working for someone, give them the best of your service. I don't care if you're black and they're white. Work for them like you're working for yourself. You listen to me? Will you please listen to me? That's what, that's what King 
That's what Nehemiah did with King Artaxerxes. Nehemiah worked for Artaxerxes as if he was working for himself. I'm going to tell you that. We're going to become a powerful and a beautiful people. And then once you've done that for three to four or five years of working for a man, like you're never cheating him, giving him the best of it, never lying to him, never stealing, never working against, never trying to keep his business down, give him a good day's work, God will give you your own. So God will give you something and we can all prosper. And then you can teach the people working for you. But give a never raise your hand, never raise your hand, never raise your voice against the man you work for. Don't be judging him. What you know about how to judge him? What you know about how to judge? Who you know? Who told you? Who died and left you to judge? No. Work for that man. Never raise your hand. Never raise your voice. Never raise your spirit. If you dream of raising yourself against that man you work for, wake up and apologize to him and everybody else that will listen. All right, so I got to go. I'm coming back. I'm not through with that. But I want to uh, I um, want to bring you a couple of, one of my two of my favorite uh, performers. I think is uh, Honecker and uh, Bob Jackson. Yeah, they, these are two good men. They served me really good. I like them. I like you too, but I like them as well. Go ahead, Miss Engineer. I'll, I'll be back with more of this teaching. Go get yourself a pair of cowboy boots. All right. See what you're going to do about that now.
imagination I see creation I see I'm asking now is, is to give truth a chance. All I've ever told anybody is the truth. Now, just because you didn't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. 
And I'm asking people to give truth a chance. All around, you hear the lies being told from the top. Every time you turn around, it just don't seem to stop. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. When you're ready to move far beyond that same old dance, all you gotta do is listen, yeah. And give truth a chance. Give truth, give truth a chance. Everybody, give truth a chance. Come on and sing it. Give truth, give truth a chance. Give truth, give truth a chance. I'm here because I am a roaring lion crying out, Righteousness! Welcome, everybody, to the Manning Report. I am Manning, just in case you haven't figured that out. Who would else would be doing the Manning Report? Well, Sabbath does it from time to time. I guess you have to call it the Sabbath Report. Uh, again, Sister Kane, we got gray skies. Look at that. It's, it's winter. By the way, our young people are going to be going on a ski trip. Uh, is Deacon uh, Joseph Manning online? Uh, do they have ski lodges in New Hampshire? Because we're going to be going to a, uh, we're going to Mount Southington. I know they have several. Deacon is Deacon Manning on Joseph Manning. What's it? Waverly Marsh. I called his name. I want I want to stick it to his parents because he's the Marsh is down there in west in, in north uh, eastern Virginia, North Carolina rather, No, Virginia. Uh, but our young people are going to be going on a ski trip uh, this coming Sunday. I'm not going with them. I used to go, but I, I ain't going no. I got, I got, I got this for this 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 court foreclosure thing. This driving, you know, taking a lot of my time. I think I'm gonna need to go on a vacation before. I, we got some stuff going on. I met with the legal team last night. Was it last night? Yeah, we're gonna be meeting again soon. Uh, but uh, it, tragic news coming out of Greece, just out of Athens, the capital of Greece, a train wreck, a passenger train, high-speed pa- passenger train, runs into a freight train on running in the same, in opposite directions on the same track. I don't have the footage of that, and I don't want an engineer to go looking for it, but uh, last report, a couple of hours ago, and this happened at midnight over there in Athens, just out below, they were on their way to the town of Thessalonica, Thessalonia, that's what we call it in the Bible, 
and more than 3,600 people, three, three, 36 people rather, had died in problems of death toll. And its death toll is going to rise in when we're looking at the fact that the train wreck in Palestine, uh, Ohio, there was no deaths there, but there will be many deaths when people don't move out of that town. They need to quarantine that bad, you know, the governor needs to buy that town and let them, give them people places, some place else to live close to them and kind of living that they had in Palestine, Ohio. Because that town is deadly. You know what I mean? They tell me that the water's safe and all that kind of stuff. But at any rate, tragic news. But some good news out of Chicago last night. Y'all hear about it? Lori Lightfoot, who needs a new name? I don't know why I didn't give her a name. Lori Lightfoot got beat last night. That's good news. Now, the problem is, is I don't know if there would be people that beat her, or Hamites or Japheth or who they are. I don't know those people that beat her. Some guy was backed by the, 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 the school association, education, and the other backed back by the police. So I don't know who these guys are. Oh, they're Hamites too. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, it's probably going to get worse and uglier. These are the two guys that, uh, that uh, they're going to be in a runoff. But Lori Lightfoot is out. She's gone. A crime in Chicago. I would just read the stats. You know, and what is it? Why isn't that? I mean, with the kind of crime in, they got in Chicago, why the Black Lives Matter and Al, the, the, the buzzard Al Sharpton out there living out there? And where, where's the long-legged Magnet Obama? Where's Oprah? Where, where the, where's Louis Farquhar? Look, look, listen to this. It's in Chicago, right? You know, black people, right? Listen to this. Uh, recent Chicago crime rate since Lightfoot took office, Lightfoot's, Lightfoot's unfavorability ratings have soared with Chicagoans fed up with gun violence as well as carjacking, this is carjacking and robberies. Listen to this. This is, this, this, this is your black folk. This is your black lives matter. This is your woke people. This is your... By the way, I'm going to do a segment on Dr. King says I have to have a dream. Well, these Negroes today is not woke. <laughs> Ain't no more dreaming. They woke. <laughs> Woo! I have a dream. Not anymore. Not these redhead people, these, these black life pattern. They ain't dreaming no more. They woke. Anyway, I'm against that woke theory in case you don't know. So let's go back to Chicago, right, with Lightfoot. Lightfoot's unfavorability ratings have soared with Chicago's fed up with gun violence as well as carjackings and robberies. On the issue of crime, on the Lightfoot Chicago in 2021 recorded the most killings in a quarter century. 797 people were killed in Chicago, right? You ain't heard nothing about it. You ain't seen no marches. You ain't seen no protests. You ain't seen Al the, the Buzzard Undertaker, uh, Al the Buzzard Shopton or Ben Crump the Undertaker. You ain't seen none of that. You ain't seen no Black Lives Matter flags flying through, decrying all this kid. You ain't seen none of because black people killing black people and black people the most racist. Uh, they kill each other. Listen, I, I mean, listen, I tell you what, if all white folk, well, your people say, Pastor, man, why you say that about black people? These are your own people, man. No, they ain't my people. Don't be, give, don't be, listen, don't be labeling that. No. My people are do the will of Almighty God. They, these ain't these black people ain't my people. Anyway, if all white people left America, black people would America would sink into a sinkhole in less than thirty days. Wouldn't be no water running, no trains running. People be shooting and looting and robbing. If all white people left America and left to the black people, anyway. Yeah, I said it. So what? Uh, listen. All right. So okay, look at this. Chicago is an example of what I just said, that 797 people were killed and more than 3,500 shootings. 
which was $1,400, $1,400, $1,400 more shootings than were recorded in 2019. Now, this is the same area that Barack Hussein, the long-legged Mac daddy, you know, where he went to church and where he lived, where he met Michelle the fist bumper. He lived in the same neighborhood, right? Not too far from where Oprah Winfrey, not too far from where Louis Farr, all where Jesse Jackson, they all live in the same neighborhood, out in the Jackson Park, uh, where they're building Obama's library. Um, anyway, more than 3,500 shootings, which was 1,400 more than recorded in 2019, when Lightfoot first took office. Lightfoot has made a point of noting that violence has eased by the end of the last year. It was too late for that, honey. I don't know if I want to call you honey or not, but it's too late for that. But that hasn't eased anxieties among Chicagoans. A recent poll said 63% of Chicagoans said that they didn't feel safe. You know, it's... um. It, it's the, the the dichotomy, the ignorance. I mean, I, you know, I want to I want to be a brother, and all that kind of good stuff. And but you, you haven't seen anything. Look, there's this kind of killing going in Chicago, and you don't know nothing about it. But let one white man, you know, let George Zimmerman bust a cap on Trayvon Martin, and his headline news on every liberal news network for a year. George Zimmer, he wasn't even a police officer, right? He's a security guard. Bust the cap on Trayvon Martin and them Skittles and iced tea. And you heard about it for, uh, it was a lead story for a year. 3,500 shootings, carjackings, 797 people killed, and you don't know nothing, you don't know the name of one other person. See that? You see how, you see that? Can you? Can, can you see the hypocrisy? First of all, of the white liberals, these bleeding hot white liberals that own these, that run these, you know, they, you know, they on these news, MSNBC and CNN. What a bunch of damn phonies they are. What a bunch of phonies they are. And then, have you heard, have you heard of, of, of Al the buzzard shop and flying out to Chicago to preach one funeral? 797 funerals. That's at least, what? Two a day. Every day. Two funerals a day every day for a year in Chicago. Black people kill one another. You ain't seen Al the Buzzard, nor you seen Al Ben the Undertaker Crump. You ain't that where they? Why, why don't they go out there for the black people? Why is it when a black man kills another black man that don't mean nothing? Anyway, so they figure Larry Lightfoot, who's gay. I don't know if I want to call her gay. Gay compared to what Larry Lightfoot might be a respectful term, and nothing in that genre of conversation is respectful as far as I'm concerned. I don't, she, but they got rid of her. And good, thank God. She needs another name. Harold Washington is turning over in his grave, and so is Mayor Daly, you know, and Rahm Emanuel about, but Chicago is Chicago, Chicago. Uh, by the way, you got, you know, shootings and killings here in New York and Harlem, so I, for Pastor Manning, you got them going on. Well, we do have, have it here as well, but still, the Alder Buzzer Shopton. Black people killing black people, you can kill a thousand black people, and I swear it will not make this it will not make the evening news. It will not make the evening news. You kill a black people, oh a thousand black people got killed in one day. Well, so what the hell? Can they kill another thousand tomorrow? There'll be a thousand people. Anyway, so she's out as the mayor of Chicago, the third largest city. 
and they had Sylvester, Sylvester, what's his name, down in Houston, these black mayors, right? This guy down in Houston, he's a black mayor. He's just as bad. He's going to be gone, too. That Eric Adams, who's a puppet playboy of the Crown Heights, and the Bitcoin Jews, Eric Adams, he's here in New York City, right? He's a puppet. He's a playboy. He wants to be a playboy. I don't know if he's gay or not. Uh, he might be gay. But they don't know if there's nothing wrong with being gay. That's what they say. Ain't nothing wrong with being gay. That's what they say. Just don't say gay, says Ron DeSante. Anyway, so, uh, and, and they got this, this, uh, this woman out there, and I uh, forgot her name. What's her out there? And La La. She just won that election out there in Los Angeles, right? I forgot her name. Anyway, uh, but the one, Lori Lightfoot is gone. These two, why did, both of these black men got bald heads. What is with that? I'll tell you what it is. And their hair is gray and thinning, and so they don't want you to know they're aging. They want you to think they're still teenagers, right? So they cut off the hair so they look like Michael Jordan or some damn body because they don't want you to know they got gray hair and their hair is thinning and they're getting old. It's washing powder. That's not going to look like Lori Lightfoot would have cut off her hair too. This other woman over here, that she needs to cut her hair. She got her hair cut in a, you know, in a juju woman style, something like that. But by the way, stop talking about black people and their hair because that, I mean, you can lose ratings like if you start talking about black people's hair. But these two men, both of these men are old men. They got gray hair and their hair is thinning, so they want to put a disguise. They can't wear a baseball cap everywhere, so they want to disguise you. So they cut all the, every morning they got to get up and shave. Their, every, every, I hate shaving my, you know, my chin. And every morning they got to get up and shave their heads and then put some shellac on the top of it. Look at them. They're the mayors of Houston and New York City. At any rate, everybody, I'm James David Manning. I'm the Lord's servant. I tell the truth. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Mellon Bank to Judge Bluth and to Judge Francis A. Kahn III. We shall not be moved. We shall not be moved. if it wasn't for Pastor Manning. Our school is not like any other school in the world. Pastor Manning makes sure that this is the best school in America, and it is. Now, meritocracy means that I'll be skipped. But to me, 
is something that will help me to make a better future in my college days. I will figure out what I want to do in my life soon, but for now, I'm not sure yet. I'm pretty much leaning towards engineering, but not completely sure yet. I'm confident that Jesus will tell me yes sometime. Finally, I want to thank Pastor and Mother for making this school and preaching righteousness to me. Pastor, you are a great man, and today I hope to honor you. Also to Lord Jesus, because without God, I never would have achieved anything great in this way. It's because of this school that I'm even experiencing meritocracy. Thank you all, and peace. What is one of your favorite meals that you have had here? Um, burgers and fries. The food's delicious. The rice and the chicken and cornbread. As it should. Wonderful. You see it made in the kitchen. They have sandwiches, soups, waffles. Everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. It's always gourmet breakfast made fresh every day. Um, you know, I personally love Sister Leah's eggs. Yep. It is amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even begin to fathom the airy taste. Literally, guys, a couple days ago, I was by the kitchen, and I was just... The eggs was just mm, yep, really, really good. good. It was really good. I really good. agree with that statement. Really good. What do you think about Pastor Man, and how do you like it? Like, Pastor is a very great man. He's honest. He's giving, and he likes to help uh, the younger ones become uh, f- future leaders. Yes. I feel like that's a great trait because I've met, I mean, pe- now people a days, they don't really care about others. They care about themselves. They have the trait to care for somebody else, to listen to their problems, and help them grow as another person. It's rare to find, and I feel like that's a great trait about them. So, I, you know, I've been searching. Well, not searching, but I was concerned as I look at the period of the tribulation that we're in the Bible speaks about Jesus gives the last uh, great prophecy about the tribulation in Matthew's gospel chapter 24. And so when that, that balloon that floated over America for an entire week, uh, you know, just kind of easing, cruising over America, checking out all the hot spots and everything. I, uh, I, I wondered, was there a reference to a balloon? Now, Jesus wouldn't know what a balloon, I mean, even that wouldn't know. There was no, there were, there were, balloons were not something that were prominent uh, during Jesus' day, so he would only reference the things. Wars, obviously, was something they, but I was wondering whether or not somehow or another the scripture would reference us to the balloon. And I want you to pay attention to this because I have something very important I want to say about where America is at present where China is, because China sent a balloon into our front yard, into our 4th of July party. China, for an entire week, just floated over America, taking up information, taking names, you know, uh, and nobody nobody said anything. Nobody shot it down. Uh, and everybody was trying to wonder what it was. And for the entire, it just kind of floated over America, sensing information. You know what I think? Can I tell you what I think about this? I think this is that um, the, 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 the information gathering equipment at the base of the balloon was the length of three city buses. In other words, the balloon itself was just up there. It didn't, 
It didn't have, the balloon was the helium process that lifted the thing up and made it float. And it had little wheels and pedals on it and stuff on it that would make it go in a particular direction or make it rise. And with that three busloads of, of information, computers and spy equipment and all kinds, maybe poison as well, I don't know. I think it was connected with TikTok. That's what I connect. That's what I think. I think that uh, I, I think that Tribulation Trump has sold all America's secrets to Xi Jinping and to uh, Vladimir Putin, and it's all over with. You know, he, he's probably running for president again. If he runs president, he'll sell, he'll sell more. Uh, but I think I think Tribulation Trump has sold all America's secrets to Xi Jinping. And I, and I think that they sent that balloon because they realized they got America by the keisters. If you you know if you're not offended by that, I'm not. Anyway, and so then to camouflage it, they launched a whole lot of little, you know, so-called school weather test balloons. We didn't hear no more about. I think about four or five of them. One over Lake Huron, another over the Yukon out there, and uh, another over Alaska out there near the Aleutian Islands, and one other somewhere, I don't know where it was. They shot them all down. You ain't heard nothing more about it. Don't know who put them up there. It was a camouflage. It was, I mean, I think China is playing three-level chess with Joe Biden, my time Biden, and Lord Austin, Secretary of Defense, in case you don't know. I think we're in big trouble. But I, I'm not in big trouble. I'm the Lord's servant. But I think America's in big trouble. I think Trump has sold us out. That's what I think. I think Trump made a deal. What the hell does he care? Uh, and so Russia, uh, after Trump left, invaded Ukraine. Now you got that boy Tucker the Coward saying that Ukraine invaded Russia. I swear, to you listen to that boy say that that Tucker the Coward said that Ukraine invaded Russia. You got, but that's what he said. Every night on his broadcast, he's saying Ukraine is the one who, who invaded Russia. That's not, that's a lie. That's a, that's one of the, but he says that people believe it. But, you know, here's what I think, and I, I don't have to be right, but I always am, as you very well know, that China sent that balloon because they know that America has no defense because Trump has sold all the information to both Russia and to um and, and I don't know if you know that China and Xi Jinping, uh, Putin and Xi Jinping, Putin is, is a head of Gog, and Xi Jinping is the head of Magog, prophesied in the Bible in Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 2, and in Genesis, I mean in Revelation chapter 22, verse 8, I think. Somewhere thereabouts. But this is Gog and Magog that spoken of, the, and they have united, and they are now, the, they are the beast of the east. And America's days are fairly pretty much over with, except for what Jesus will do. But the America and NATO have no power now. And I mean, you don't you don't send a balloon over the so-called most powerful nation on the planet and let it linger in the air for an entire seven days. And nobody knows what it is. And then finally you shoot it down over the, over the coast of South Carolina after it's gathered all the information they wanted to gather, send it back to China. Then they shot the thing down. Uh, and they didn't shoot it down until probably China gave them the authority to shoot it down. I, that's what I think. You said, Pastor Man, you're un-American. No, I'm not. I'm about as American as apple pie, you know, crumb apple pie served in a diner in Jackson Heights 
Queens, New York City. I'm a, I'm, I'm apple pie boy. You no, know, I'm a flag. Give me a flag, and I'll wave that thing till the colors run into into one another. No, I'm a flag. I'm not on America. I'm just telling you the truth. This all over. Trump sold America. What do you want me to do? That's who he is. That's what he does. I don't know if he's going to get a Trump Tower in, in Beijing or in Shanghai or in Moscow. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if anybody's going to be around and want to go to one. But, y'all, you know, if you, listen, you, you voted, you, you knew who Trump was, and, he, and then he's got everybody else on a string. If you look at what they're happening now in Congress, they all want to get rid of They They, they passed an edict yesterday that all federal agents, all federal employees, all military types, everybody associated with getting a dollar from the federal government, including food stamps, need to erase TikTok from their phones. Everybody. That, that went out yesterday. Y'all hear about that? Because, you know, China's gathered all the information they need to know. They all got it in I don't know, on whatever they call it, they got it, whatever the computer thing they got it on. But TikTok is bad news. And they, I think that when that, when that uh, balloon was flying over America, that it was gathering information from TikTok. Or it was spreading information through TikTok, one or the other. I think TikTok and that balloon are, are married to one another. That balloon you saw for seven days over America and TikTok, I think they're married to one another. I think their purposes are the same. And China know how crazy y'all are. Social media, always on social media, everybody on social media. You can't do nothing unless you do it on the computer. And I think that they've gotten America's number and it's up. The other thing is, of course, is that the... Uh, you know, China is satanic. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt that China is satanic. Anybody who worships the dragon, the year of the dragon, the year of the rat, China's, China's, I've been there, you know, I've been to China twice. I don't know if I'm going back anymore. But I went there mainly because I want to take our children on a global, you know, classroom type of thing. And uh, But when I went there the first time, China didn't have the kind of power she has now. And I would go back again now if Trump had not sold all our secrets of America to China. Now, you say, Pastor Man, you're spreading disinformation. I just believe that. You know, don't be giving me no strikes because, you know, they don't like me on Facebook and YouTube and all of them, you know, all them places. But that's what I believe. That, that's, that's what I believe. And I believe that, uh, I, I believe in China uh, that, that Trump sold us out to North Korea. I think North Korea has got a, you know, you know, got information he ain't got no business having. Kim Jong Un, that boy over there. So, um, and Fox News. I don't know if y'all been watching, following what's going on Fox News. I can hardly believe that what's going on in Fox. So, my question I started with a few moments ago, before I started giving all that information out that you probably want to refute is that did the Bible prophecy anticipate social media? Did the Bible prophecy, did Jesus anticipate a balloon with three busloads of computers gathering information? They didn't get nothing on me, I can tell you that now. But did, did the Bible, did, did the prophecy of the tribulation anticipate the balloon and the three buses of computers gathering information? Then the other question I want to raise as, as a way of informing others and myself, 
Did the Bible prophecy anticipate social media? That is to say that did the Bible know that we would be faced at a, at a time, not with just earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars, but something far worse called a, called a cell phone and a computer, which has information and, and can, has all the information. Google has all the information about the world. They used to have a thing years ago called the Book of Knowledge, about seven volumes of it. You read some of it. But the other thing is that the drug dealers, you know, years ago drug, drug dealers had to used to stand on the corner and sell drugs or, and, you know, be in a barn or a house or a store and they sell you some dope. Now they're selling drugs online. They're selling fentanyl. And they don't even have to get arrested. They can't risk getting arrested by the police because they can get a phony. They can set up a phony system. Money go into a phony hairdressing company. Hairdressing company, and you, by the time you look for it, the money and, and Americans are dying on more people are dying on on fentanyl because of drug overdoses of fentanyl. Then there are from car accidents and gunshots and gun deaths in America. So drug dealers, are, I mean, you don't have to be out chapo no more selling on drugs or hiding drugs or cutting drugs and heroin and all that stuff. That's, those days are gone. Social media has made the drug industry, the dope dealing a whole new, Al Capone wouldn't know what to do. You know, the, uh, the, the, the big drug dealers here in Harlem wouldn't know what to do without people. So social media, which I try to stay as far away from as I possibly can, I want to keep a clear mind. You know, I don't want to get hooked. I said the other day that I don't want to learn computer. Probably people laugh. What do you mean learn computer? There's nothing to learn about a computer. See, the people laugh. <laughs> you don't want to learn a computer. <laughs> Ain't nothing to learn about. And they're right. Ain't nothing to learn. All you got to do is just let it, push the button, turn the thing on, and it'll take you down. A, a computer will take you down a rabbit hole through algorithms that even you didn't think of. Ain't nothing to learn. Just let it take, just push the button, and it'll take you where it wants to take you. Tell you what it wants you to do. You, it, it takes full, used to be you had to learn this, had to learn that, had to learn this and that. Not anymore. You turn on a computer now, it will tell you what to do. It'll tell you your name. It'll tell you what your eye color is. It'll tell you who your mama is. It was. And all you got to do is just follow the instructions. If you be obedient to the prompts on computer, you stay on that thing all day. Ain't nothing to learn. I was talking about, I, 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 I don't, I, <laughs> you shouldn't see me standing in the pulpit. I don't want to learn computer. People laugh. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> Old-fashioned pastor, man. <laughs> Ain't nothing to learn. And you're right. You know, all you do is turn it on, and it will take control of your mind. You won't even want to stop to eat. You'll take it to the bathroom with you. Well, I think that's going a little bit too far, don't you? Anyway, so the balloon and the social media, I think it's all over what Trump has done. To, that's what I believe. I believe. Let me, let me make it clear. I believe Trump has sold us out. And not that others have not done the same thing, something similar to that. But that's where I think we are. At any rate, everybody, you listen to the Manning Report. I am Manning, the quintessential American. And I've got a whole lot more to say, so I don't go anywhere. I've got to take a break, and I'll be right back. And as of right now, you are a dangerous man. You've got a master's degree in theology and truth. And it's not to say that they had it all figured out, but you have a master's degree in truth. They want you silent. 
if they can do it one way, get you diabetes, get you cancer, and get you to die off. You think they'd try that? Pardon? You think they would try injecting me with cancer or diabetes or something of that nature? Well, that's eventually how they want you to fall off. They don't want to get caught uh, pulling too many bodies out of a certain area at one time. That's why they, they're setting up the generation gaps so one generation can't communicate with the other. Over the years, we have served more than one million meals to hungry bellies and hungry people here in the Harlem community. And I wanted you to be able to see that. I want you to see our involvement with youth, our summer youth programs, the uh, our courtyard being used as a, um, a place where children can be safe, guarded, and protected as they have their miniature swimming pools, um, and a safe place for children to eat that is guarded, that is protecting, protected by our own sense of security, and the wholesome and fresh meals that... Um, that we serve. We wanted you to be able to see the mission of this church. And we've been doing this for years. Just recently, one of our members, more than a 30-year member of this church, but it hasn't, not one that, you know, that you would probably find as members of some other churches with their nose stuck up in the air. But her father is now close to death or very sick in the state of South Carolina. And uh, what I said to her, what I said, well, because she doesn't have money, I said, we will buy you a bus ticket, a round trip bus or train ticket for you to travel to South Carolina to to be with your father in this time of pandemic. There's very little funding around. There's there's sickness everywhere. And and she, the thing that just blew me away was she said as she was talking to Elizabeth, she said, but how are you going to do that? Pay for me a round trip ticket. to travel and give me expense money. And because you got to, Pastor Manning has to feed the children. He has to take, he has to educate the children. He has to buy school supplies for them. He has to pick them up in the mornings and take them back. And then he's got the ministry he has to take care of, all the bills of running the church, of keeping a major house like our house operational, keep the lights on, keep the, how are you going to be able to do that? And she was almost reluctant to take the money because she felt that it would be better served by feeding the children. We gave it to her anyway. But we want you to know that we do a work in this community. There have been a lot of lies told on us. And it's almost unimaginable why some of the people that have lied on us. But I can tell you behind all of it is the LGBTQ community. They don't want us to be successful, but we are, and we're going to continue to be successful in serving the meals that we're serving and serving the people that we are. And the LGBTQ community will not take us down. They are not going to take our church, yet they have defamed us. They've written ugly newspaper articles about us. They've marched against us. They've done a whole lot of ugly things. But you say what we have done and that's not even the half of our service to children and to the needy in terms of our homeless shelters and the things that we've done over the years. And we will continue. And probably the lies 
and the smears and the ugly newspaper articles and the wicked spirits and the so-called I ain't for the black man, that is not going to go away. I don't expect it to go away. I don't. But I do tell you this, that we will succeed against all of that, for God is with us, and I am his servant. All right, so I want to let you know, on the heels of talking about our our extraordinary ministry of feeding children over the years, and we're probably up to a couple of million meals now that we have served from this building that I now sit in. It's been, uh, it served this community well. We are, our young people are going on a ski trip on this coming Sunday, which is, to date, this message will be March the 5th. They will be traveling to Mount Southington. They're going to spend a day on the slopes, on the ski lifts, they're snowboarding, and so forth, and on, and lunch and eating, and they're going to have a great time uh, at that uh, uh, skiing on this coming Sunday. That's the 5th of, uh, of, of March. I want to be let you know that. And also, even though we are in facing, we're in foreclosure, we... We have faced extraordinary uh, expenses in terms of lawyers and fighting off. We have been fighting this foreclosure for 20 years, and they have not been able to win. We now find ourselves, I met with the legal team on this past evening, and we find ourselves now on the offense rather than defense. We're finally going to put this, them on the Mellon Bank on defense. We've got an extraordinary program. we put together an extraordinary legal team. Uh, it has cost us a lot of money, to be sure. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your tithes and offerings. Your first fruit offerings came in just in time this year to rescue us from a very bleak, if you will, uh, beginning of the year. Thank you. But we are going to be taking our young people, our school children, and we're not going to cause them to miss a part of what we consider vital to our education system here at the Great Tomorrow's Elementary School and the Outlaw High School which is the traveling classroom. And this year in June, we're going to be traveling to Rome, Italy, back to the Turvey Fountain and uh, back to uh, the uh, Piazza de Spagna, the Spazza, Piazza de Spagna, uh, Spagna. We're going back there. It's going to be a great experience for our young people, to, uh, for our vestals to go back to the ruins of Rome um, at the Colosseum. Uh, as the Pentateuch vessels have never been to Rome before, and some of the gold vessels have never been as well. So they are going to be traveling this coming June. We want you to know that, even though it's going to be a great sacrifice for us with all the other mega expenses that we've incurred. Our building just needs so much money to keep it going, uh, to keep the heat going, to keep the rain out, and keep the building protected. Uh, but we are praying that God will see us through uh, to travel to uh, uh, to uh, Rome, Italy with our students and that they have a, a safe trip this coming uh, Sunday uh, at the ski lodge, renting skis and some have to take ski lessons and all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We also want you to know that come July, that Deborah the Diva, Deborah the Opera Diva, uh, we'll be graduating from uh, Juilliard. That's right. You heard me right. From Juilliard, Deborah will be graduating as a postgraduate student at Juilliard this year in May. That's going to be an exciting time. And uh, that'll happen in May. And then in July, uh, she and Elder Joseph Smith will be wed here on the 9th of July uh, in 2023. So we've got a lot of very exciting. These are two very exciting times of things that are going to be happening 
all of this summer and all of this year is going to be very encouraging. We have a lot of court battles that we have to fight. I expect we're going to be in court more this year than in the years gone by as we continue to protect and defend this community and to defend our honor. We're not going to lose. Um, God is with us. And I have been able to, though I've gone to bed many nights here in this church building thinking that they've had an auction and sale of the property and the marshals outside in the morning with guns and locks and telling us to get out the building. It hasn't happened. It isn't going to happen. And I want to thank God for all of you that stood with me, who have helped me over the years, who have uh, just prayed for me. Uh, a lot of people, that people like Marjorie Bowman, Principal Bowman, who are the Honorable James David Manning Bowman, and others who have just, you know, just people that have given me their unmitigated support, though they've not always understood my leadership and where I'm going and what I'm doing. They've never had the opportunity to be exposed to the kind of things that I've exposed them to, uh, and they've not rebelled. They've not gotten into their, their Negro bag or their black bag. They've not gotten into that rap bag, but they've stayed with me, and I, I greatly appreciate that. So wanted to be able to get those announcements out, um, and uh, we also should be traveling to Egypt, perhaps the early part of December of this year, if travel bans will allow it and I think COVID is probably not so much a problem anymore. Um, and if not December, it'll certainly be the first, the latter part of January that we'll be traveling to the pyramids, to the Nile River, as a part of our traveling classroom. We want to express that to you. Uh, it's taken great sacrifice for us to do that, um, but it's worth it. We can't let the process of education go unattended to because the Mellon Bank wants to take our church property. Praise the Lord. So thank God for that. All right, now, let's change the subject for just a matter. I want to tell you this, that here's what I believe. I believe that Trump is going to win the nomination, the nomination for the uh, Republican Party. Uh, I think CPAC is headed, uh, going to be headed, starting up this year, this next week, down in, I don't know where they're going to, CPAC is going to be meeting, that's the Conservative Political Action Committee. Uh, but I believe that Trump is going to win the nomination, even though Ron DeSantis out of Florida is putting in a pretty good bid uh, to win. I don't think he's going to win. And the reason why I think that Trump, there's several reasons why I think Trump's going to win. One is that he's going to be indicted. Somebody's going to indict him between now and the, the, the actual runoff of the primaries. I think either Fannie Willis down in Atlanta is going to indict him. When that happens, that's going to raise his visibility. He's going to be the subject matter. He's going to be, they're going to be talking about Trump more than talking about Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman going back in the year 2009. So I, I think he's going to win the nomination, um, mainly because he's got the MAGA base, and even though some of them might be peeled off to vote for Ron DeSantis, I don't think there's going to be enough people to vote for Ron DeSantis. And the other thing, the other reality is this. If Ron DeSantis, pardon me, if Ron DeSantis did win, the nomination, Trump would be such an adversary against if they if they didn't if first of all Trump would say he stole it like he said Joe Biden stole the election of twenty twenty two, twenty twenty rather, the so Ron DeSantis can't win even if he won the nomination, Trump ain't gonna let him win the Trump is gonna tear him up a new one and Joe Biden will walk over Ron DeSantis like a Mack truck rolling over a skateboard. 
So it is point, and the same thing with anybody else. Trump is either, and, and Trump is the kind of candidate that you can't control. He doesn't operate by normal, if you will, human instincts. Uh, he doesn't have a sense of shame. Uh, he's very talented. You know, he called Jeb Bush, low energy Jeb Bush. That stuck. Once he started calling him low energy, Jeb, Jeb he called uh, Marco Rubio, little Marco, little Marco, and then he called Ted Cruz, lying Ted. Those names stuck. He called that senator from up there in, in, in New Hampshire, in, in uh, Massachusetts, uh, Pocahontas. Elizabeth Warren, he called her Pocahontas. And, you know, he just, and he does that. He does it very naturally. Now he's called a Ron, Ron the Sanctimonious. He can't win. Uh, I suppose Ron DeSantis wants to be president. They give him Mike Pence a name. Mike Pence is so low on the scale, I don't think you can find a poster that said Mike is above 1%. Plus, Mike Pence is such a big phony. So, you know, it's my estimation that Trump is going to win the nomination and potentially will win the presidency if he runs against Biden. Uh, you know, Biden may be riding high now, but most Democrats don't want him to run. And then they look over there, Camelback ain't Black Harris. They don't want her either, you know. So but I don't think Biden is going I don't. I, I don't think Biden can. I think if Biden and Trump were debating again, You'd have to turn off the television. It, this stuff would get because I think Trump will call him a, th- a thief, call him a you know he bring up Afghanistan, tell him you got that crazy Lord Austin, you got Camelback ain't Black Harris, you friends with Al Sharpton, you a threat to America. I just that, that alone that Biden will, Biden won't won't know what to say. And then Trump is backed by people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, who got off from a trafficking in sex slave the other day. And, you know, Jim Jordan, all that crowd. So, I, you know, the, I, the case, the only thing I'm undecided about is that whether or not Biden is actually going to run. Now, he says he's going to run, but I don't know what he's going to do that. Because there are a whole lot of Democrats, especially black people, who don't want him to run. They want Camelback ain't Black Harris to run. But Camelback ain't Black Harris. She, you know, they're going to bring up her relationship with Sweet Willie Brown out there in San Francisco years ago. Sweet Willie. Sweet Willie Brown. And Camelback, and now she's married to this Jewish guy, right? Who's out there the other day talking about toxic men are toxic because they're always expressing masculinity. What the hell are they supposed to express? So I, you know, and then Nikki, Nikki Hill, I think she's just running to be vice president. I think that girl, she wants to be Trump's vice president. She knows he's going to win, so she wants to be his vice president. So she'll throw a hat in the ring, get a little publicity, and then she's trying to beat Marjorie Taylor Greene. But I think Marjorie Taylor Greene will start, if Marjorie Taylor Greene start talking about Nikki Haley, that girl got some skeletons in her closet that would make Friday the 13th look like a Catholic, if you will, worship service. No, I'm telling you. So it is on. And I'm going to stay and watch all of it. And you'll stay and tune in to me every day. I'll give you the blow-by-blow details. But I, I think that, you know, Trump is a shoe-in. Now, so thinking, oh, by the way, I think that he's also, that Fannie Willis is going to indict him. I think she's going to have to. If she gets this far after raising all, down there in Georgia, right, with the Brad Rassenberger call, if you can find us 1,100, 780 more votes, one more than we have. If she raises all that, this cane, all these months, 
end up bringing, dragging Lindsey Graham, dragging that old drunk Rudy Giuliani, dragging everybody, dragging Mark Meadows, dragging all them people down there to testify and then on indict Trump. I think that it's going it's to be stupidity and stupidity. I think that, you know, this guy, this boy up here in New York, district attorney for New York, Alvin Bragg, I think Trump knows something about him, whether he's gay or whether he's an alcoholic or whether he, you know, something. I think Trump's got something on Alvin Bragg, and I don't think Alvin Bragg's going to indict. I think he'll, you know, try to get around this. Maybe somebody else will indict him, and maybe uh, Jack Smith, special prosecutor for, you know, for the Department of Justice will get to him. But I think Alvin Bragg has got some skeletons in his closet that Trump knows about. And, uh, and Trump has got the goods on him, and he'll, he'll just put it on the, on, the six, on the 5 o'clock news, on New York News here. New York won, and Alvin Bragg's will be through. Look at the skies behind me. Look how the skies has changed. Isn't that something? Look, the skies has now gone blue, and but because of the cloud, it's, it's you know, clearing up a bit today. So those are some of the things that I thought that would be important to say about Trump. And by the way, I am not here supporting Trump. Don't think that I'm here supporting him. God forbid. I'm so thankful to God that I had the integrity to leave Trump before he even became president. I mean, my integrity is, I, you know, I, yeah, I was on the Trump chain, train, I endorsed him. But when that boy started talking about Obama was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, I said, that's it. And then he came back and wouldn't let that be. He just came back and kept stirring the pot and said that uh, he going to be better toward the LGBTQ than Hillary Clinton could ever dream about. But I said, that's it. I'm gone. I left, and then I start reeling against them. And I'll tell you what, you see what's happening with Fox News now. Rupert Murdoch, and I've given everybody a name, I Sean, hand me your freedom, you'll never get it back. Tucker the Coward, uh, Janine PP, and Laura Yin Yang. That uh, what's going on with Fox News now is, and the thing of it is, is that everybody that's a MAGA person knows that Trump is a liar. They're not on that, but they know Fox News lied. They know that Fox News was lying about the election, they know that Tucker Carlson lies through his plaid neckties. They know it. But they don't care. They, they, because the alternative is this, and you have to understand it from this perspective, and I do understand it. The alternative is this, is that Black Lives Matter, uh, Lori Lightfoot, Camelback A. Black Harris, Al Sharpton, and Ben Crump will be running America if Fox News does not lie. And I understand, and MAGA people don't, if Trump doesn't lie, Al Sharpton going to be running America. He and Joe Biden and Camelback ain't black hair. Black Lives Matter going to be, they're going to be painting that all on the streets everywhere you look. You know, they'll be painting Black Lives Matter. So they, 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 here's what MAGA people say. Well, okay, lying, but we want to go with that. We'd rather live under that. And I don't know if I necessarily blame them. I, I, you know, I'm not under that kind of pressure. I don't know if I necessarily blame them. I don't know if I blame the MAGA people for staying with Fox and staying with Trump, even though I know everybody knows he's lying. Because who wants to live in a world that's controlled by Al Sharpton, Ben Crump, Camelback, A. Black Harris, Black Lives Matter, woke, critical race theory, and a bunch of other stuff, and a bunch of hypocritical black people killing one another? Who wants to live under that kind of America? I don't think so. So that's, that's where we are, and I thought maybe you wanted to get you get it from the horse's mouth. Not that I'm a horse or anything, but I think you want the truth, and I want to, I want to serve it up to you. So Trump is going to win, or at least he should. 
And if if if, if Ron DeSantis run around here, you know, and I think he's got a pretty good campaign shtick, you know, Ron DeSantis, he's a pretty good campaigner. Running around here, what are you doing in Florida? You know, they got all them old people down there in Florida, you know. And I'm not against old people. I mean, bad man, they get, they get old people. Yeah, we are the old people. Where the old people? Where all the old people at? They're in Florida. That's where they're at. <laughs> anyway, so I figure, well, you know, that's I'll let y'all know about that. And I'll try to bring you an update if I can on what's happening with the train wreck in, uh, in Greece and the train wreck in, in, in Palestine and some of the other major stories that are happening that down in South Carolina, Walterboro, South Carolina, that boy Alex Murdoch is on trial down there. They, I'm going to tell you something. They should not let that man be out on bail. That boy is dangerous, I swear. And I, George, have you heard George Santos that many of the Republican congresspersons, two of the Republican congress, that are, that are colleagues of George Santos uh, trying to get a recall p- uh, campaign going to get him out of Congress. Uh, because they feel he's bringing them down as well. And so, um, you know, these Republicans have built up a wall of lies. And everywhere you look, they're lying. All right, so that's it, my friends. I thank God for y'all allowing me to uh, to come into your presence today. Extraordinary. I'm here. Now, look at the skies. It doesn't change all of the sky. What is going on out there? The sky's going to get gray all over again. They were saying last week, the other day, we were going to have a big snowstorm. Ain't no big snowstorm happening here in New York. Uh, these people are talking about big snowstorm act like they ain't never heard of uh, global warming. Y'all ever heard of it? Not that I believe in it. Or disbelieve in it. I don't know. Listen, anyway, I got to go. But I want to threaten you right now. I'm threatening every last one of y'all that got your eyeballs on me. I'm threatening you. I'm coming back tomorrow. See you later.
Breaking every rule that we've been 
The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. He shall never. Shall never. 